Welcome to Next at the Mic Radio, a lively hour of unscripted roundtable conversations with Voice America's longtime new and upcoming hosts about their inspirations, goals, and insights to help you find your own mic. Ooh, how those lips can talk. Now, here's Bonnie D. Thank you to the voice that comes out of nowhere. How many of my guests, Mark and Kelly and B, do you think that was a real person or do you think that was an AI voice? What do you think? Mark? I think it's a robot. Okay. I'm on B, team what AI. You, B, what do you think? Definitely AI. And Kelly? Most certainly AI. Okay. Well, we have Robert Cellino to thank for that because he and I worked together. He put together about 30 different voices for me to review till we got it. Most AI. Oh, somebody, we're getting a, a f- major feedback on somebody's microphone. I'm not sure where it's coming from. Anyway, I think the voice does really, really well, and we haven't named him yet. I think he has a name on AI, but we want to thank him. I'm Bonnie D. Happy to be here. It's November 14th, in case you're interested, and maybe you're not. It's the 318th day of 2023 in the Gregorian calendar. 47 days left. Oh, my. It's the 46th Tuesday. And the reason I'm mentioning the number of days left is because New Year's Eve is going to pop up really, really really, really soon. So to my three guests, if you're planning to buy anything to imbibe, whether it has any alcohol in it or not, and you're going to do it online, the shelves are going to be empty on the virtual stores real soon. If you're planning to make Kahlua and you have a sink in the garage or an extra sink in the in the laundry room even, it's time to start making your Kahlua because you want those flavors to really meld together. There's not much time. And if you have a relative who had a still in the backyard, was making bootleg whiskey, you can get Mark Looks interested. He really does. Kelly's not sure. You got to get that out and we, we won't tell if you don't pay taxes on it, but it's time to get the whiskey still going because we need to celebrate another New Year. There we go. So before I go on, I want to do a quick poem. As you all know, I like to take my opening. I do a little research on my guests. They send me their bios and what they do and I put it through ChatGPT, my new best friend. I ask it to write a poem and then I do some human editing. So it's not pure AI. I just want you to know B was very concerned she told me before the show so everybody listen please and when I call your name just wave smile do something outrageous so that everybody knows it's you so welcome to next at the mic's grand stage where hosts voices come to life their stories unique and sage producer Bonnie D that's me her spirit always bright guides conversations here with pure delight next at the mic where stories align a symphony of voices our voice america hosts do shine kelly combat wave hello with passion as she leads the way in dei and coaching where dreams hold sway to the tune of her spark foundries dance in kelly's hands careers Find their chance. I hope you like that, Kelly. B. Baylor, a force. Her presence strong, guiding nonprofits to where they truly belong. Luxury lifestyle blueprint, her podcast in style. Women's success finds a voice. Go and listen for a while. Mark Azoulay is a true healer, true. In men's therapy online, he takes his cue. Psychoanalysis, neuroscience, and so much more. Mark unblocks men's barriers and gets to the core. How'd you like that, Mark? Oh, yeah. Will next at the like Mike, one day be your voice. I'm talking to our listeners, to our viewers. Come join our family. A very rewarding choice. For Bonnie D's theme today, can you hear me now? The Variety Channel is our where and our how. Now that you've got what you need to know, it's time to count down. Five, four, three, two, one. Let's get on with the show. What'd you all think? Did you like it? That was awesome. Yeah, that was great. Hold on. 
spot on? B, did you like it? <laughs> you know it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the buzzword for today. You know it. You know it. You know I, it. I think there was a song. <laughs> there was a song, B. I don't know if anybody here is old enough except me. <laughs> right. Don't just know it. Know Remember? It. Know it. Don't. We're going to turn this in. I don't know. We don't have the copyright to sing it, but we right. sort of did. Jordan, Jordan's my engineer. Don't tell anybody. So I want to welcome the three of you. And before I ask you to do your bios, a uh, little birdie told me, a little bio in a polka dot dress told me that she is a Scorpio. So we're going to see if your colleagues on the show today, Kelly Combat, would like to join you and become honorary Scorpio. So let's do this. I'm going to read a couple of traits and Mark and B just wave or nod or yell out or B's just going to say, you don't you know it? I know she's going to do that. A Scorpio is the eighth astrological sign in the zodiac, originating from the constellation of Scorpius. Okay. The personalities. As a fixed water sign, Scorpios are known for loyalty, devotion, and passion. Does that, Mark, what do you think? And B, loyalty, devotion, and passion. You good with that? I think B likes that. Okay. I do. I love it. How about I deep, love it. Deep feelings and emotions, intense personalities, acute sixth sense. Mark, B? Yeah. Kelly, Ke Kelly yeah. you're stuck with these, whether they're true or not. Oh, yeah. <laughs> gut instincts may ignore the facts, go with their gut, always analyzing and processing information, cannot let their guard down with strangers, devoted, reliable, faithful, and generous when they like you. Kelly, is this all true? Oh, but yes. Oh, but yes. Okay, we've got validation <laughs> here. No other sign but Scorpio will hold your hand or dry your eyes when you cry, fight your battles as if they're their own, and laugh over obstacles even though the humor is a little on the dark side. But, 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 here we go. Mark and B, get ready. They're moody, they're obsessive, they're secretive, they love fiercely and fully. They're known as the most genuine sign, never phony or fake. What do you think, Mark? You want to be an honorary Scorpio? Uh, I'm a Capricorn. We're a little more rigid. But, uh, <laughs> B, what about you? Like you want to be lines. an honorary Scorpio? I just can't hang. I got to let it go. <laughs> <laughs> well, here are some of the recommended careers, Kelly. You'll have to see if these we agree with you. Psychologist, psychiatrist, detective, surgeon, pharmacist. We won't go there. Researcher, financial advisor, tour guide, and criminologist. I thought that was an interesting mix. I have on some of my other shows a lot of horror genre novelists, and I tell them that they're both a psychologist, psychiatrist, detective, and criminologist. Sometimes they mm. have to be a surgeon with their characters. Famous Scorpios. Well, we have the most famous Scorpio here, Kelly Combat. So, Kelly, welcome. You're, repre you're representing today Leonardo DiCaprio, Katy Perry, Winona Ryder, or Winona Ryder, Sean Diddy Combs, Ryan Gosling, Pete Davidson, Julia Roberts, woo, Drake, Tracy Ellis Ross, and Lord. So, what do you think? B and Mark, could we just make you honorary second sign? What do you think? Okay. Yeah, make me an honorary. I like oh. Lord. You're an honorary. Oh, okay. yeah, that's good. <laughs> I knew I would hit one of them that you liked. I was waiting for a sign. Okay, right. so let's go around the table and do your bios. Uh, mm -hmm. Kelly Combat, I'm going to start with you first. Putting you on full screen speaker view, please introduce yourself. You're a host. You have a show. You have a point of view. Tell us who you are. Three minutes. Go. Absolutely. Hi, everyone. My name is Kelly Combat. That's Kelly with an I. Combat with a K, like Mortal Combat. And what I am is a coach through and through. It's not who I am. It's also what I am. It's everything about me. I'm a DEI professional. And I started out in radio all those years ago, four score and seven years ago. 
when I was 17 years old and I faked my way into radio because I was not 18 years old and the rest is history. I love radio. I love all of what I do in diversity, equity, and inclusion. And of course, as a coach, because it's all about helping people. And I think all three of those careers is really around helping people. Thank you. Thank you. The name of your show, when is it on? Come on, do a little promo. Absolutely. So every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern, I'm here in New Jersey, 7 a.m. Pacific. I have a show called Career Combat. Career combat, where we get real about all things careers. We talk about everything. I have guests. We talk about things like, I got the job, now what? I got fired, now what? All the things, all the things that are behind the scenes that happens in HR, I reveal them. So that's career combat. I would listen to you. I would I would listen to you as a coach, as a host. You have a wonderful voice, Kelly. Thank you. You're projecting confidence. You're projecting savvy. You're projecting top of your game. No arrogance. Just just there. The, I, I gave up on the word authentic a while ago. I think it's abused and overused. And my word, Kelly, is the real deal. You're the real thing. Mm, you're you. the real deal. That that's my honorary honorarium for you. Let's go one stop around the table, Ms. B Baylor. I'm putting you on speaker view. B, let's hear all about you and welcome. Thank you. Hi, my name is B Baylor, and I am the host of the Luxury Lifestyle Blueprint. Guys, in addition to that, I am a retired nurse. Yes, retired in 2020 during the pandemic. Not only that, I have um, a grandmother. I, I've got three kids and eight grandkids out of that. So let me tell you, I love being an entrepreneur and helping women to thrive, to grow, to be all that they can be. I'm a motivational speaker, bestseller author, times two, uh, four books out there. This one just launched this weekend in Erie, Pennsylvania called We Choose Joy. I love being on radio, uh, hosting television, and giving women a platform to come and share and tell. And women who come sit at my table will be loved on, treated, and making sure that I pour into their cup while they're pouring into mines. Love being here. Thank you, Bonnie. Oh, thank you, B. That was absolutely lovely. I have a question for you. Do you ever sleep? <laughs> Not only that, caregiver to my mother. There you go. And what do you have for breakfast? I'll get around to asking Kelly and Mark, too. What do you have for breakfast with all that energy? You've done so much. You're doing so much. B, what fuels you? Is it coffee or something else? Coffee and a bowl of watermelon in the morning. Oh, just watermelon. I just love it. Watermelon. Yes. Seriously. Do you like the seedless kind or the... Yeah. With with the seeds. (laughs) Really? What do you do with the seeds? Do you do something with them? Just set them aside. And I'm happy that they're there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's very poetic, Ms. Baylor. I love that. Thank Thank you you very much. Okay, let's move around the table. Mark Azoulay, I've been practicing your name with all my French background. You know, I did the countdown in French. I'm very good at that. Mark, delighted to have you here. Would you please introduce yourself? Welcome. Yeah, thanks for pronouncing the name right. It sometimes it turns people up, so it takes a while. Azoulay, like Azoulay on the beach. Um, My name is Mark Azoulay. Um, I run a show called the Men's Therapy Podcast. You can probably
probably guess what it's about. It's about men's therapy, men's mental health, men's issues. Um, it's on the Voice America Empowerment Channel um, at 11 Pacific time on Fridays. I'm also, you know, on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and every all that kind of stuff. Men's Therapy Podcast. My company is called Men's Therapy Online. You could probably guess what we do. Um, you can tell we got naming conventions that are very basic, you know, very, uh, very obvious. Uh, works pretty well for SEO. Um, but anyway, I, I'm a therapist. Um, I've been a psychologist for 10 years um, and I'm currently expanding out to focus on men's mental health, um, hiring a team. Uh, essentially, we focus on not just individual counseling, but men's groups and retreats, kind of helping guys talk about um, the issues that really bother them the most and getting and building emotional intelligence with men. Um, it's something that a lot of guys don't have a lot of experience with. And we find that a lot of men's mental health uh, or should I say neglecting of mental health causes a lot of violence in the world, right? So like the men we need kind of the help that, that we can get. So what my show does, the reason I got inspired to do it is I wanted to take all the stuff I was learning as a therapist and a psychologist and a you know coach and all that stuff and take it out of the ivory tower and bring it to the people, right? Bring it to where people are actually engaging and listening. I think, you know, little soapboxing, I think therapy therapists, we had this thing where it's like, oh yeah, you got to come to us. You got to call us. You got to do your research. You got to find the one that fits for you. And as an industry, we don't really engage with the populace. And that's real dumb, in my opinion. I think it's a real missed opportunity. And I love talking with coaches um, and people that are doing that because I think it's on us to get in, in front of people and talk about the issues that really matter. So my show, we interview a bunch of guys um, and and women and, and everyone about men's mental health, um, about different issues, and hopefully just give that information away for free for people that are struggling and hopefully inspire them to go a little bit deeper in their own personal work. Thank you very much. Bravo to the three of you. You're all real deal. Mark, I'm going to say something. I hope it doesn't come out wrong, but emotional intelligence seems like an oxymoron when you talk about a lot of men, right? We, we need a lot of work. We're not trained to do it. I mean, I'll be honest, no, right? Like we're, no. we're, we're trying to put things in a box and power through. It's that kind of like hunter killer predator mentality, yeah. right? Like you can't have feelings when you're killing an elk, but now in the modern world, there's not that many elks to kill and we got to talk about our feelings. So the idea is helping guys like really build up that literacy so that we can be better, you know, husbands, brothers, fathers, leaders, business owners, what, what have you. And do you have a target population, if I can ask, age-wise or industry-wise or or anything that would be a demographic without pigeonholing it too much? Do you who who's your who are your who are you outreaching to basically? Yeah. So here's the thing, right? Like most guys don't go to therapy until something really bad happens in their life, right? Like we do it as a last resort. So like we're gonna go to the gym before you know talking about our feelings. We're gonna do a new diet. We're gonna like take a vacation. Um, so a lot of my guys are actually divorcees. So it's guys that have had that apocalypse scenario happen where they lose their partner, they lose their kids, maybe they even lose their job in their home. And at that point, unfortunately, that's the kind of strife that it takes for a guy to come to therapy. So a lot of my guys tend to be in their late 30s, early 40s, sometimes early 50s um, that have been divorced and are trying to build their life back and are like, hey, maybe it is my fault. Maybe I did do something wrong. Maybe I need to go a little bit deeper and understand how I got into the situation, how to make it not happen again. Because women were, we were taught to say, "Oh, it's me. It's not you, dear." Because we don't, right, Kelly? We don't want to make them feel bad about themselves. Yes, yes, yes. I, I'm a fan of therapy, and I won't tell you why or how many years, but currently nothing. So it's hard when you move around the country to find somebody, especially, uh, yeah, especially with insurance the way it is and all of that. But we'll we'll have another conversation about that. Thank you all for your bios. I'm so impressed with the three of you, with how you speak, what you do. I'm hearing uh, subtext of the word service here. I'm hearing 
Kelly reaching out through her coaching. I'm hearing B saying, women, you can do this. Let's look at where you can go, what you can achieve. What do you want? I'm hearing Mark say, okay, guys, it's time to sit down and do the work. Let's make it better. Let's make it easier. Let's be nicer. Did I hit that right? I hear service with all of you. B, yeah, you it's, it's almost like you planned it. Uh-huh. <laughs> and actually, I didn't. I'll tell you a secret on all oh, of my okay. shows. I, I tell you on my. I have a show called "Read My Lips: Cool Conversations with Creatives" on Monday nights. I've been doing on Voice America for a while, and way before that. And I never put guests together who have a similar story. So I might get. Uh, I might get a. Let's see, uh, somebody who's in the movies. Uh, I might get somebody who's a uh, a horror novelist, genre novelist. I might get somebody who who is a uh, a trip leader who does retreats for people. I might get a coach, Kelly. I might get somebody who is an MD. I might get somebody who's a psychologist. I might get an architect. I might get a cook who has some cookbooks, a chef. I might get a jewelry designer. I never put them together for like themes, but there's always a thread. There's always a common thread because they're all people. And I like mixing up who they are and introducing them to each other. Sometimes friendships are are formed on the shows. That's why I do roundtables because I like to have people meet each other. So thank you all. Very, very impressive. Let's go to the part of the show where I've asked each of you to please send me a fictional quote from a movie or TV character. Kelly is smiling because you know you're first. I'm going to read a little background on what you sent, and then you're going to relate it to what you do related to your creativity or how you do your show or just your philosophy in life. Don't get too deep and dark now. This is still fun. Okay. So Kelly has sent us a quote from, oh, 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 I, I, I sigh. Kenny Rogers, the gambler. The song was actually written by a man named Don Schlitz and recorded by a lot of people, but it made its most famous mark on music history and everybody with Kenny Rogers. Schlitz wrote it in August 1976 at the age of 23. He shopped it around for two years in Nashville. And then Bobby Bear, B-A-R-E, recorded it on his album, Bear, at the urging of Shel Silverstein, which who a lot of us know. Bear's version didn't catch on, and it was never released as a single. So Schlitz recorded it himself, but he didn't do so well. And Johnny Cash did it, and all kinds of people did it. And then along came Kenny Rogers, and he made it a number one country hit, and it was a rare crossover to the pop charts in 1978, the title track from his album, The Gambler, and won a Grammy for Best Male Country Vocal in Vocal Performance in 1980. And the group, The Jordanaires, accompanied him. I didn't know that on the record. So here's the line Kelly has picked. I love this, Kelly. This We all can use this in our lives. You've got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them, know when to walk away, and know when to run. You never count your money when you're sitting at the table. There'll be time enough for counting when the dealing's done. I got chills <laughs> reading that, Kelly. <laughs> I didn't want to sing it because I would ruin the show. They they have, Jordan has a, a directive at Voice America, if funny sings, you just <laughs> shut her mic down. No, that's not true. I try not to. I'll sing in the closing of the show. Kelly, how'd you find this one? And what does this have to do with what you do? Go ahead, regale us. I'm very into music. I love music. My background in radio was music of all kinds of genres. So I, my musical taste is pretty eclectic. And I would say that that quote, that song is all about life to me. It could be equated to relationships. You got to know when to walk away. You got to know when to run. It could be a job that you are lacking passion in. Um, it could be anything in life. 
It could be the fact that you are the CEO of your life and that you could have friends that you need to downgrade. Dot, dot, dot. Or or anything. I I love that song and I refer to it so much because Mm. of the fact that it could really be a substitute for a lot of things when it comes to life. And, And I tend to lean on it a lot. Know when to hold them, know when to fold them, know when to walk away, and know when to run. Words of wisdom, right? Mark, do you ever use those with your clients? Not directly, but but I do um, connect with a lot of the things, Kelly, that you're talking about of like taking that full life audit and being like, yes. okay, what do I need to actually do here? And how do I face this with my eyes open? So I, I love that. I love the way you connected that. I bet you think about it as some of your clients. B, do you ever use that with any of the ladies you you coach and counsel and work with? Absolutely. I love it. Kelly, that is so amazing. Love it. Know when to fold them. Yes. No, and I like the part, know when to walk away and know when to run. And Mark, I can remember the number of times I, I planned a breakup with my therapist. I wasn't breaking up with her, but I planned a breakup with the boyfriend. And we had it down to the day and the time and what I was going to put in the box to have him take away from my house or my apartment and what I was going to say. And we planned it and they were pretty successful. But I, we had to, I had to make a contract, a verbal contract with her, know when to walk away, know when yeah. to run. And that was very helpful, I found, very helpful. And I want you all to notice, uh, just a little therapy side note here. No, I'm not doing anything with you. On the, the chat, when you walked, when you came into my Zoom room here, the first thing you saw was welcome. And then I said, please, if you read it, please silence and mute your phone ringers and text and email alerts. Thank you. The word welcome. Mark, when I went to my therapist's office, the first thing she said when it was my turn to go in and open the door, she said, Welcome. I had never heard that before. Welcome. Nice. Just Mm. like that. And this lady worked until she was in her early 90s. She went legally blind a few years before. She kept a huge notebook with a heavy magic marker. And when I was done, she said, okay, Bonnie, write in your appointment for next week. So I have it in the book. And I had to write it in really big letters. And she never missed an appointment dressed like a movie star. Quite a character. But just an indelible personality in terms of helping, but the word was welcome. And she always had Hershey kisses in a little bowl. I always told for the walk home because I live three blocks away. Okay, let's go on. Too many memories. Uh, B. Baylor has picked a wonderful quote from Woody, voiced by Tom Hanks. Toy Story, 1995. It was a CGI animated film. Chef Woody Pride is a fictional pull-string cowboy doll who appears in the Disney Pixar Toy Story franchise. Woody is the main protagonist alongside who? Buzz Lightyear. He's primarily voiced by Tom Hanks, who does him in the Toy Stories, the short films, the TV specials. Did you know, B., that Tom Hanks has a brother named Jim who voiced Woody in Lamp Life in the video games, the attractions, and other merchandise. Uh, The Toy Story was the first feature-length film entirely made using CGI. That's computer-generated imagery. The first two films are directed by John Lasseter, third by Lee Ulrich, and blah, blah, blah. Okay, here's the quote. I love the short quotes. Four words. You ready, B? Let's put our hands up over our head. Everybody, do this, Mark and Kelly, if you can. The quote is, reach for the sky. Oh, B, that's beautiful. B, how'd you find it? And what does it have to do with what you do? Go ahead. Oh, gosh. Thank you. Thank you, Bonnie. It's so emotional. Because I relate the Toy Story to my grandson, uh, whom I had to go to the nursery and pick him up. Mom couldn't take care of him. He was only two days old. And 
from from the time that I would that he came home, I had to buy all these cartoons and start over. And Toy Story was one of the cartoons. And uh, that baby grew up as a little boy, knowing and loving Woody like never before. And I would always tell him, you could do anything, all the challenges that you have faced, you could reach for the stars. The sky is the limit. And Woody, oh, he had so many challenges. And and my grandson, whose name is Craig, is now 23 years old. And to this day, we still love Woody Toy Stories, anything about it. Such an emotional connection to Woody. That's lovely. And I bet that's part of your philosophy with your clients and on your radio show, isn't it, B? Absolutely. You can reach for the stars. Reach for the stars. Thank you all for, for hands up. I appreciate that. Uh, I, I've never done that with guests before. I'm going to ask you at the very end of the show to laugh uncontrollably with me just for about three seconds <laughs> so you don't hurt yourself. So I just, I never give a warning, but be saying, who is this woman? Anyway, let's go on. Mark, Mark, I, they didn't tell you you'd have this much fun. Mark Azoulay, I just love your name. I, you have a short quote as well. Five words. Actually, it's four because one is a hyphenated. I have never, I've, I've heard of the movie, but this is kind of dark, Mark. So I'm going to read a little background here. The character is Paul Atreides, A-T-R-E-I-D-E-S, played by Timothée Chalamet. It rhymes Dune, 2021 American epic sci-fi film. Paul, later known as Paul Muad'Dib, and later as The Preacher, is a fictional character in the Dune universe created by Frank Herbert Dune, and on screen it was Dune colon part one, directed by Dennis Villanueva, who co-wrote the screenplay with blah, blah, blah. First of a two-part adaptation of the 1965 novel by Frank Herbert, it's the third adaptation of Dune following David Lynch's 1984 film, and John Harrison had won a miniseries on TV in 2000, set in the distant, Mark, I'm going to do this, set in the distant future. The story follows Paul as his family, the noble House Atreides, is thrust into a war for the deadly and inhospitable desert planet Arrakis. Ensemble cast Timothy Chalamet, Rebecca Ferguson, Oscar Isaac, Josh Brolin, oh him, Stellan Skarsgård, Dave Bautista, wow, Stephen McKinley, Henderson, Zendaya, Chang Chen, I, I can't, Charlotte, I can't even go, and Javier Bardem is in this as well. So here's the quote. You ready, B? You're sitting down, Kelly? Are you ready? This is, this is dark. Mark, you're going to have to rescue us. Fear is the mind killer. Oh, Mark, what does this mean? Go ahead. <laughs> going to get a little darker. Um, so when the quote comes up, right? So Paul Atreides, the main character, right? He has his hand in a box. He's being tested and he's being asked by this, the Bane Jesuit, they're these space witches essentially, right? And they're saying like, what's in the box? And what's in the box is pain. And the test that Paul is going through is, is he going to pull his hand out of the box or is he going to keep it in there? And what, you know, the Bane Jesuit says is that a man, right? Someone who is, you know, conscious and alive is going to be able to beat the fear, right? And it's going to be able to keep their hand in there, even though they're feeling pain. Um, long story short, goes to his thing, pulls it out, hands fine, right? It was all in his head. He was not being hurt. He, there was nothing happening. It was all about fear. So I'm going to read, actually, there's a full quote. It's something that he's telling himself and that yeah. his mom is also kind of quoting outside. Um, it's called the litany against fear. So it says, I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. 
Fear is the little death that brings total obliteration. I will face my fear. I will permit it to pass over me and through me. And when it has gone past, I will turn my inner eye to see its path. Where the fear has gone, there will be nothing. Only I will remain. So the reason I have this quote is this is the process of therapy. This is the process of healing. It's the idea of going into your fear, facing it, staring it right in the eye, letting it move through you, subsume you. And once you're through it, you're what's left, right? Only I will remain. You see the truth of who you are, which is love and gratitude and openness and connection. Um, but it means facing that fear straight on. So thank you. All that yeah. was beautiful. Thank you for pronouncing it for me. I should have asked you before. <laughs> I, I did. Uh, I used to be afraid of flying. I don't fly much anymore, but I had some panic attacks on planes. And I can't remember the name of the therapist, Mark, but he was well known on the internet. And uh, I, I don't know whether I, I bought some sessions. It wasn't with him personally, but it was a package. And it was something about when you're on the plane, don't fight it. Just say, hello, fear. I'm going to give you a name. You're here. Okay, take a seat next to me. Let's talk. And then you would count to a certain amount of, I think it took 21 times you had to count and just take a deep breath and just let him go away. But you acknowledged it. You didn't say, oh my God, I'm afraid I'm good. You just said, hi, you're here. Okay, I'm not happy you're here, but I acknowledge you. And you accepted it and walked that path or sat that path. If you're, and I had to do this on a couple of long flights from Miami to New York, which for me is a long flight. And I used to fly all over the world as a teenager, but then things happened. So uh, it was just interesting that what you said, Mark, about walking that path, letting the fear subsume you. I didn't feel great doing it, but when that 21 times of whatever I was repeating were over, I felt victorious. Yes, that is exactly it. That is exactly it. Yeah. It was such a good feeling of accomplishment and of arriving and being able to enjoy the rest of the flight, including the guy with the hamburger and onions next to me. Okay, so let's go on. Thank you all for the quotes. I really, really appreciate it. I'll, I'll tell you a little, well, not a secret. On all of my radio shows, I used to just tell people, bring me a quote. Well, I can't tell you how many Winston Churchill, Albert Einstein, Mark Twain, Maya Angelou, JFK, Gandhi. That was all we got all the time. And do you know, B, that there are entire books written about what Einstein never said, what Churchill never said? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, there, there are books because they're misquoted so many times. One time somebody sent me a quote, Mark, that they thought was from Winston Churchill. It turns out it was from 1938 Budweiser beer commercial that a very clever marketer had written. It was a very, very nice. strong statement, nice. and people attributed it to Winston Churchill. So I had to break the you-know-what of this guest and say on the air, oh, Oh, Sam, that was a lovely quote, but it wasn't even anywhere near the time of Winston Churchill. It was a Bud Beer commercial, but it was really resonating with everybody. So anyway, I didn't want to embarrass him, but I had to tell him. So I got tired of that, and I said to everybody, let's move it up a, lot, a notch, and let's go to pop culture. Right, Kelly? Let's get some movie quotes and song quotes, and let's bring it up a notch. And everybody seems to like it a lot better. And the quotes that I ask people, you know, movies... TV songs apply on my business, my technology shows too. I had somebody, we did a show on generative AI for enterprises today with a panel of four thought leaders from different companies. I know most of them. And somebody picked the quote from the 1999 Friends episode, the one with the cop. And the quote was Ross moving the, right, with Rachel and Chandler, recently passed, uh, up the stairs. And he's saying, pivot, pivot, pivot. And that was a perfect quote for what companies are going through in terms of adopting AI. 
today. So it just works very, very well. So let's move on. Now, I've asked each of you to please send me four. Mark, are you okay? You're looking over there. Is everything all right? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm good. Yeah. Oh, good. Okay. Uh, let's go to, I've asked you each to send me four discussion statements, and I'm going to pick one or more from each of you. Kelly, I'm going to start with one of yours. Your first one, I will read it. You don't have to find it. Kelly, take a couple minutes, expand it, tell us what it means to you, to your show, to what you do in life. And then I will ask Mark and B if they have any comments. If not, I will pick one from B, one from Mark, and let's go around the table, and then we'll do some fun, famous birthdays and holidays later. So Kelly Combat, Kelly with a K and an I, Combat with a K. And a BAT says, a sense of belonging, this is for the purpose of hosting radio, a sense of belonging is essential. Belonging began with radio, and there will always be a need for this community. We should invest in technology and be proactive to keep radio alive. Wow, Kelly, that's you've got about five thoughts in there, but I love them all. Yeah. Why don't you unpack it for us, please? Absolutely. So... I I honestly believe that from the time that we're born, we it's innate that we want to feel included and that a sense of belonging is essential. Doesn't matter your age, you know, any of your identities, you know, all around the world, we want to feel included uh, and, and have a sense of belonging and solidarity, if you will. And I think that uh, you know, where you put your money is where it matters. And the only way that, you know, radio will continue to be that community, that global community uh, that we crave in this epidemic of loneliness is by investing in it. Whatever technology, whatever upgrades that it needs, we need to feed it. We need to, you know, show that we care about it. Uh, because otherwise, if we don't, if we don't pay attention to it, and we don't invest in it, uh, then that community will go away slowly, but surely will go away. Uh, and so I, I said that because I, I do believe that, um, you know, when I look at all the generations and I look at even now generation alpha, which is a real thing, <laughs> you know, the folks that are, you know, born 2009, 2010 and later, um, they're, they're being called the silent generation part two. And so I, I think they're finding their own community uh, and it would be nice if we could do things to attract them to radio. And so that's my my spiel. I like that. I like what you said a lot. The sense of community. I hear that from other hosts. It's attracting people. I don't think it's about the numbers. It was, oh, how many listeners do you have? And how much How much is your reach? And how many countries? Well, that's lovely. That's glorious. But if you just help a couple of people, if a few people, and it builds, and they say, hey, I heard this voice, and this woman has such interesting things to say, and it's worth my time, why don't you go and listen to her too? I think that, that's a win-win. What do you think, Kelly? It's everything. And I love the way you said it because um, another quote that I, I love, love, love is from a rapper called KRS-One. I'm not the run of the mill because for the mill, I don't run. And that's <laughs> that's the way I think about it is that it's not about the millions. It's not about all the followers and all of that stuff. Yeah. It's really about each one, every single one. Let's just try to help them. I like that. I like that a lot. Mark and B, have anything to say to add to what Kelly said? B looks like she's stepping up to the mic. There she is. B is next to the mic. She did. B, go ahead. 
Thank you. Kelly, you said the magic word for the alpha, for the for the younger generation. Yeah. Uh, building a community and bringing them to the forefront to be on radio. That's how you keep it alive. And I think we need to do more of that as the older Jan, I always want to be inclusive with the younger generation by building a community and being inviting. Hmm. Inviting. I like that. I like that word better than inclusion. Kelly, don't be mad at me for that. I like the word of being invited. Mark, <laughs> yeah. do you have anything to add to this? I see you doing a lot of that. Yeah, knowledge. yeah. No, I, I really love this message of community. And I like that you talked about the loneliness epidemic. It's a real, real big problem. Um, and I just love the idea of when you think about it, I go to like access, right? Like radio, podcasts, online radio, all this stuff, like it's free. It's there. People can access it. If they don't have opportunities or privilege in their life, they can access this free content and they can see people that, you know, look like them and, and think like them. And they can be like, oh, wow, here's somebody who is a voice, you know, who's a light in the darkness sometimes, right? Or somebody who gets it or someone who's maybe saying the thing that my family and friends aren't saying. So, you know, same thing that I really need to hear right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's really, really powerful. And it's could be really um, empowering and liberating for people to connect with those communities and find a host that really speaks to them and really speaks to the wisdom. So, and Mark, I'm going to take a contrarian or a converse uh, yep. a, a perspective on what you said, and it's just as good, just as valid. I think sometimes you hear people say things that you don't like. Yes. You say, I don't want to be that yeah. person. I don't want to talk like them. I don't want to think like them. I'm not talking politics here, kids. Don't get me wrong. But you just hear somebody saying, you know, that's not my philosophy of life. What if a, a man were to hear you talking, Mark, on one of your shows and say, you know, that person Mark's talking to, I think I'm that person. I don't want to be them anymore. Think about that. I want to I want to walk away from who that is. Maybe it resonates all of a sudden because they see it from the outside and they see somebody on your show and they say, "Oh god, he's like me. I don't want to be that person anymore." What do you think, Mark? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, like I I think the idea of an open free marketplace of ideas is critical, right? People need to be able to agree and disagree and debate and talk and hash stuff out, right? Yeah, That's we learn a lot by round tables. Yes. Yeah. And I'm learning from you and from Kelly and from B. And I think we're all learning and sharing. This is great. On one of my, my Read My Lip shows, I had a woman about a year ago say she thought creativity needed us to be courageous. So on some shows, I just go around the table and say to my guests, what describes well is curiosity and it's courageous and it's caring and it's compassionate or it's just weird sometimes. We just do stuff that's different and weird and that's our creativity, right? So anyway, thank you, Mark, and thank you. So let's move on. B, I've picked your statement number one, which is a whole paragraph. It's half of a great American novel and I absolutely love it. I'm complimenting you and I'm going to read a little bit of this. Uh, I think you're going to like this and you're going to Unpack it for us, please. You say the future of podcasting looks promising with continued growth and innovation expected over the next five years. As technology advances, we can anticipate improvements in audio quality, interactive features, and more personalized content delivery with increasing popularity with smart speakers and connected devices. Podcasts may even become more accessible and integrated into our daily lives. B, why don't you add to that? I know there was more. Expand that for us on Packet. Let's hear where you're going with this. Go ahead. Thank you. You know, I don't have a lot of time and I got to put all this information together. I've got to come up with this content. I've got to find my guests. This is 2023. Come on. We need to do better. We need to um, take a look at 
AI generated content, have the pl- a better platform uh, that people can come on. Even Zoom scares the heck out of people that, oh, I have to get on a Zoom. I have to do all these things. And yet we want to elevate the podcast world, but the technology need to catch up. And I do believe it's going to be the biggest industry in the next five years, but we have to do better. Wow, that's interesting. I didn't expect a prediction, but I like it a lot. Mark or Kelly, anything you want to add or comment to what B said? Okay. I think, yeah, yeah I, I, I think that um, exactly what you just said is what I've been thinking in terms of uh, that next level. Uh, I, I hear all the time about, oh, saturation and saturation. I think that that's a fixed mindset. I actually believe the opposite. I believe exactly what B said, that it's actually going to grow because things are going to get more bespoke. To what Mark said earlier, it's going to get more specific to what people's needs are. And we know that we all have a fingerprint for a reason. We're all different. Yep. So it's actually going to get a lot larger. We just have to catch up with it. I like that, Mark. I see yeah. some some facial comments there. Go ahead, talk. I'm commenting with, with the facial expressions. <laughs> yeah, I, I love what you're saying. The thing that stands out be about what you said to me is this interactivity piece. You know, and you look at um, the word for I had to look up as you were talking, a parasocial relationship, right? Which is this idea of a one-way relationship when you look at a podcast or radio host to their audience, right? Or a streaming person who streams a video game or streams a topic. This idea that they are giving a lot, but they don't often get a lot of feedback. And you can feel very close to a host, even though it's only one way, right? They don't know anything about you. You're just a listener. But I think that's going to change. I think with things like AI, with things like, you know, things like StreamYard, you know, things like uh, Facebook Live, where people can go live and interact. I think there's going to be a resurgence of that. You know, when I was young, I used to listen to Coast to Coast Radio, right? And like, oh, yeah. to like all the paranormal stuff and all the callers and all that stuff. I loved it. And I think that we're going to see another version of that that uses technology as a platform to get much more of that, like you're saying, kind of that, that bespoke individualized connection. Um, and I, I can't wait for it. I think it's going to be really, really fun um, and make that parasocial relationship an actual relationship, which is what people need and want, you know. Thank you, Mark. B, you wanted to add something. Go ahead. You're absolutely right. Personalize it, individualize it, and and have that content and information that people need and want. And that is going to happen, you guys. Watch and see AI is the next next best friend for podcasts. I think so. And it's my best friend for my for my monologues because they're all in poetry, even on my serious tech shows. And it gets everybody smiling, especially when I have a separate set of verses for each of my guests. B, I had one for you, one for you, Kelly, and one for you, Mark. And people, they just light up. They say, gee, that's really cool. I had a guest ask me today on, on another the show about generative AI for enterprises. He said, Bonnie, how long did it take you to do that? And I said, I have my little snippets from the bios from my guests. There were four guests on the show. And I said to ChatGPT, for the opening monologue of my show about such and such, would you please write me verses using the following text? And I just pasted it all in there in one swoop and hit go. And that was it. It took less than three seconds for the entire poem to be generated. 
I thanked ChatGPT, I copied it into my notes, and then I spent about 10 minutes reviewing it, customizing it, changing a word here or there. So I said to this gentleman, it took 10 minutes and three seconds. <laughs> he said, it probably would have taken you hours to write it by yourself. I said, no, actually, I'm a daily poet as part of the Writer's Digest Poetry Group, and I probably could have written in 20 minutes, but I did appreciate 10 minutes and three seconds, right? I got my time back. There you go. I was half teasing him. Anyway, thank you very much. Uh, I'm going to tell you, Mark, did you say about Facebook Live? Were you the one who just mentioned that? Yeah. Yeah, stream platforms well, like live. I yeah. remember being introduced to that years ago. I did some stand-up comedy, and I hung out with some people who did, not in the big stages, but small clubs around New York and Long Island. And I remember being somewhere with a friend who wasn't that good, but he thought he was really funny. And he was in a, a showcase or an open mic at this place he took me. And one of the guys was saying people were listening. Well, his friend in the audience had his iPhone, I think it was an iPhone, a, a smartphone, open to Facebook Live, and he was live streamed. This was years ago, live streaming the comedy routine, the audio only, and people had signed up to listen to it. And comments, his friend in the audience said, oh, Mary Jo in Queens has a question for you. Can you answer it now? And she, he was giving it back to this guy on the stage at the end of his comedy routine. B, it was unbelievable. And I said, holy crap, why isn't everybody doing this? It seems so new, so interesting. Anyway, let's go on. Thank you so much, B. Mark, I'm looking at your statement number four. This is interesting, and it goes along with who you are and what you do for a living. Statement number four is... Hosting a podcast is a practice in discipline and vulnerability. First, before you say a word, B, do you agree with that? Just yes agree. or no? Agree. Agree. Yes. Kelly, what do you think? 150%. I'm a thousand percent. Mark, it's yeah. all yours. Three minutes. Take it away. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, thank you for picking that one. I think it's a combination, right? Discipline and vulnerability. I'll start with vulnerability, which is this idea of being who we are. Right. And, and the way I describe vulnerability to my clients, um, <laughs> you guys might get a kick out of this when you talk about male psychology, right? So when, when guys talk about vulnerability, they're like, yeah, you know, like I talked about my feelings and like, I got what I wanted and like, we accomplished a mission, right? I'm like, that's not vulnerability. That's persuasion, right? <laughs> like vulnerability is you say something and you don't know what's going to happen. It's not about leveraging your feelings to get the outcome that you want, right? It's about actually taking a real emotional risk. And I think of podcasting where as you know, you talk about the saturation, I think it creates a lot of different voices and people are connecting to the hosts more than to the actual content. So the more vulnerable a host can be, the more open that we can be, the more that the show can feel like us, the more it's going to connect with people because really what people want is other people and they want relationships and they want connection. Um, so I think the vulnerability part is critical. And, you know, there is this almost, and I want to, we use the word, but I want to minimize it, um, coming out process, right? I want to minimize coming out processes that people mm -hmm. go through, but there is this coming out process of being a host of getting your voice out there on the radio waves and being like, this is me, right? Like love me, hate me, ignore me. Like this is me. And I think that's a real vulnerable place to be. Um, and then the other one is discipline, right? Which I think is like, you know, if vulnerability is the more traditionally feminine value, discipline is the more traditionally masculine value. And it's this idea of showing up 
no matter what. And especially when you first start, right? You show up and like you got, I got eight listeners today, right? Or like my guests didn't show up and I got a scramble or, you know, I flubbed that word or I totally mispronounced that person's name. But it's this idea of continuing to show up and come back to the plate over and over again. And so many people, um, I know Voice America, I mean, everyone experiences this, like gets like fatigue and shows drop off and they lose regularity and they start to just like atrophy. But I think being a successful show, so much of it is just like continuing to show up and continuing to be vulnerable. So I think the combination of those two is what makes a really good piece of entertainment and a really good um, connection with a host. You said a couple of things, but everything you said was beautiful. I have to use that word. That was just beautiful. The vulnerability, showing up and using your voice. Isn't that what we all do when you get to that Mike Kelly and B and Mark? You're saying, I have something to say. I think it's worth your while to listen. You may decide after 30 seconds or two hours, you don't want to listen to me anymore. You may decide I said something that resonated as a truth or pissed you off, if I can say that. You may say, he was really funny or she was really smart. Or you might say, boring, I'm out of here. And you click off. But we're basically saying it, it's like calling someone on the phone and insisting that they answer because when they're listening to you, they picked up the other side of the phone, right? B, they're listening to you. What do we have to say? Why are we saying it? To whom are we saying it? We're sharing, Mark, that vulnerability is absolutely true. I think you hit, hit a, a note in the core of what a host goes through and the question of, of saturation versus dropout. Well, some people, they do enough, maybe 13 weeks, maybe a year or two. That's enough. They run out of things to say or they're busy doing other things. And there are those like me who've been doing it for 12 years and thousands of shows and 55 series. And I still love the idea of saying something and bringing people together like we're doing here to share ideas. To me, that's what it's all about. It's I gave up interviews years ago. I know you all do those, but to me, it's the round table. It's getting the voices out there and what's on Kelly's mind. What does she have to say? And what is B saying with her eyes when Kelly talks? And what is Mark saying when B's talking? And what is Kelly saying when Mark's? And what am I thinking about all of you? This is the magic. This is the magic. And this is why we created Next at the Mic to find out what you all have to say. This is different from your shows, right? This is just a a round table where we're just sharing ideas. That's why this works. I'm so happy. Now, I appreciate all of the statements you sent, and they were wonderful ones. We're not going to go on anymore, but I have some famous birthdays to cover, and then we're going to do a little ending routine I will you'll share with me. So here we go. Anybody ever heard of Yanni? the yes. new age keyboard well why don't you wish him a happy birthday kelly because he's 69 years old today he's a self-taught new age keyboardist he blends jazz classical soft rock and world music he has more than a dozen albums that hit number one on billboard's top new age chart he was did you know that he was a swimmer did i did not know that? that well here you go he set the greek national record in the 50 meter freestyle swim at the age of 14 How's that for mental health for a guy, Mark? There you go. His debut studio album was Optimistique, M-Y-S-T-I-Q-U-E, in 1984. His music was referred to New Age, but he didn't like that. So he said, let's call it Contemporary Instrumental. His band in the 1980s included the drummer Charlie Adams and 
John Tesh. Can you believe that? He worked with John Tesh. Then we have, I'm sure you've never heard of this young lady. She's 11 today. Her name is Sophie Fatu, F-A-T-U. She's a child jazz singer who covered Frank Sinatra's My Way song. It went viral in 2017. That means she was five years old. She publishes cover videos on Victoria Fatu channel. She only has a mere 470,000 subscribers. B, are you sitting down? This is an 11-year-old. Her cover of Fly Me to the Moon Sinatra song has 100 million views. Okay. She was on season three of Little Big Shots, which I enjoyed while it was on. Season 13 of America's Got Talent. And her mother get this, is an award-winning concert pianist and singer who curates Sophie's social media. Thank goodness a mom is keeping an eye on this. Yes, so Victoria, we're glad. Now, Josh Dumel, does anybody remember Josh Dumel? He was married to Fergie. Yeah, well, he was on that show, Las Vegas. He's an actor and a fashion model. He won a daytime Emmy for All My Children. I didn't know that. He played Danny McCoy in the TV series Las Vegas, which I actually enjoyed because it played some Elvis music in the beginning. He starred in the first three films of the Transformer franchise, and he starred in Love, Simon. He was a construction worker who was discovered by a modeling agency in San Francisco. Kelly's raising her eyebrows. Who knew, right? Uh, Anyway, he debuted in the 2004 film, The Picture of Dorian Gray, and he was also as an extra in a Donna Summer video for the song, I Will Go With You. That was his first foray into public performances. He drove the official pace car for the 2009 NASCAR Indianapolis 500. Did you know that, Mark? Seriously, Josh Dumel? And he married Fergie in 2009, Dated her for five years, married for eight years, and bye-bye. And I think he's on his third wife. Uh, Anybody ever heard of Chip and Joanna Gaines? Okay. Well, it's Chip's birthday. By the way, Josh is 51. Chip Gaines is 49 today. He owns Magnolia Homes in Waco, Texas with Joanna. They star in the HDTV reality series Fixer Upper. They began their business. Before this, he went to the Baylor University Hankamer School of Business, and he and Joanna have five children, and he works with Jonathan and Drew Scott, and they both had real estate shows. Now, here we go. Here are some social media people I guarantee be you have never heard of. Kelly maybe, Mark probably not. There's a young man named Chad with a J. That's C-H-A-D with a J. I know, I know, on YouTube. He's 30 today. He only has 1.7 million subscribers, Mark. Is that men's men's health? He does comedy sketches and personal blog testimonials. He owns a copped card store. He owns the board ball sports game product and team BA. I have no idea. He was a camp counselor. Would you have liked him to be a counselor for your kids? I don't know. In 2021, he made a video where he ate and trained like the runner Usain Bolt for a full day. It got a lot of views, so I'm not sure where we are. And then we have on Instagram, a young lady named Yanet, Y-A-N-E-T Garcia. She's 33 today. And you know why I picked her to celebrate happy birthday? Because she has 14 million subscribers on Instagram. 14 million. Anybody getting their feelings hurt here? I just can't believe I do this on all my shows. She's a Mexican model and she's a meteorologist popular with lingerie and bikinis. I'm just going to stop there. I gave those up years ago. I don't know about all of you. Okay, let's just do some, let's do some events in music history. Today, in 1960, Ray Charles' song, Georgia On My Mind, written by Hoagie Carmichael back in 1930 in Student Gorel, hit number one. Uh, let's see now. Uh, Michael Jackson, I told you this before the show, 1983 today, Michael Jackson's 14-minute film thriller debuted in Los Angeles. It was so popular, it became the most popular video on M. 
TV history. And in 1987, the Dirty Dancing soundtrack hit number one in the U.S. Even though the movie in Dirty Dancing was set in 1963, the movie had modern songs, including I've Had the Time of My Life and Hungry Eyes. I'm going to leave it there because we're just about out of time. And I'm probably getting notes from Jordan telling me, hurry up, we have 30 seconds left. So today is Lighten Up, Loosen Up Day, and we'll just leave that as the holiday. Uh, Let's go to, here's my closing, and I want to thank you all and stick around. I'm going to take some pictures. You've been wonderful. So life is short. Break the rules. Write not if you disagree with this. Forgive quickly. I'm not so sure, Mark. I, you know, kiss slowly. <laughs> it's the only way. Love truly. Yes. And here we go. Laugh uncontrollably. Three seconds. One, two, three. Ah. <laughs> 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 Kelly laughed. I saw it. Yeah. And never, never, ever regret anything that made you smile. Work like you don't need the money because nobody else really cares. Dance like nobody's watching. When I was teaching disco in a high school cafeteria and high heels on a formica table, everybody watched. I never fell. Sing like nobody's listening. Love like you've never been heard because we all have gifts. Money talks, chocolate sings, la. And last but not least, I stole this line from a host 20 years ago. Thank you for turning me on. Everybody wave <laughs> goodbye. Bonnie D, B. Baylor, Kelly Combat, Mark Azoulay. Thank you to Jordan, our engineer. And thank you to Rachel Stapholtz and Robert Cellino at Voice America. And don't go away. Are we out, Jordan? Thanks again for tuning in to Next at the Mic Radio. Presented by the Voice America Variety Channel. Join host Bonnie D. again next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until then, we wish you a positively Mike-worthy week.